This is CliffCentral.com. It is totally one of my favorite songs, uh, This Woman's Work by Maxwell. It's such an emotional song by a man and about how awesome women are is absolutely why I love the song. And on a day like today, Archen Gauteng, it's definitely the kind of song that you want to start today's show with. I'm Pume Mashekho and you're tuned into Womanla. So it's not the third Wednesday, but it is the second last Wednesday of the month. It's that month. It's those awkward months. March is that awkward month. With five like weeks. Five what bloody the hell? weeks. It's almost, <laughs> except as everybody would have seen yesterday with Duncan's dance, it is a three, three workday week. So yes. it's okay that it's an extra week that we have this month. But I'm absolutely, absolutely excited about today's show because I think women are natural entrepreneurs and it's happened like that the past couple of weeks we've had all these conversations about entrepreneurs about women about women in business about business networks and all of that kind of stuff so michelle when you said to me we have to talk about the risk related to businesses i thought "Mm, this is what it looks like Mm -hmm. this is what it looks like when when things just happen for the right reason yes so risk around business and you know When I grew up, almost everybody's grandmother or mother was running some kind of business. And when I was thinking about this, getting ready for the show as well, and and the fact that women are actually natural entrepreneurs, I mean, we balance the budgets for the house. Correct. We allocate the resources of what gets spent on what. We hold the bank accounts. We hold the bank accounts. We hold the bank accounts. Even though guys like to think that they're in charge and in control of that. Shame. But the decisions made in the home are such business decisions and women just do them so effortlessly. Then I was thinking about my business. Everybody knows I'm in a small business. And, and I think more and more... South African women are getting into businesses. Uh, the fact that there are over 1.4 million businesses in the informal sector in South yes. Africa is like, is astounding. But probably about 60% of those are run by women. Correct. It then got me thinking about the risks around it because everybody talks about health risks. Everybody talks about life risks. Everybody talks about even like stuff risk, you know, everybody's always talking about that insurance, but people don't talk about business risk. Correct. And when you work for yourself, when you're self-employed, you are a business and you've got to protect that income in one way or another. Absolutely. And every other business show, you'd have heard it yesterday with small business talk. You'd have heard it on future leaders, every other business, and every time you talk to small businesses in particular or growing businesses, one of their biggest concerns is always access to financing. So all well and good getting the money, but how do you protect that money? Correct. And also, I think the biggest thing, and hi, everybody, the biggest thing for me is you've made such a valid point just now where you said women are kind of almost... Natural entrepreneurs. If I look at my gran, 
when my grandpa died, she had no income whatsoever. What did she do? She started a boarding house where she had people coming in. She gave them breakfast. She gave them lunch. She gave them dinner. And that's how she made money. So it's from being entrepreneurial in any sense whatsoever. And that to me is just that we've grown as individuals. But again, how do we protect our own businesses? And there are ways of protecting it because you most probably find that the people that start businesses together are in themselves key to that business's success. And to me, that makes such a difference. But we don't always recognize what would happen should one of those people pass away. So if you are in a partnership with somebody and they have very specific skills and that person dies, what do you do? What happens to your business? And that is what I'd like to talk about very, very quickly and, and you make have it a, easy. you have a personal experience yes, when it I comes do. to this. I do. Do you want to share that yes, story? Because I still to. think that story is such, a, such an incredible story. Yes. Um, a very good friend of mine and myself started a brokerage. And we were running the brokerage and everything was fine. And we were just sitting one day and we said, what is important to us should one of us die? And it was very simple. Carry on with the business. And secondly, being able to pay off our homes. And I'll tell you why that was important to us. Because our homes were the collateral for the contracts that we had in the brokerage. So we literally had signed our homes away to the various companies that we had contracts with. And Struer's nuts, 18 months after taking out the policy, Anthony got cancer. And within a year, he'd passed away. And luckily, we'd taken out this key person policy, which very simply meant that we could carry on, or I could carry on with the business, and I could pay off my home. Now, that made a huge difference, so that my house was still collateral to those companies. However, I did not have to worry about the income that I could lose from them actually requesting money from me. And especially, you know, I mean, there's there's so many little things that I think about when when I think about businesses. And most people, most women in particular, you know, there are two types of businesses that you go into. You're either going to go into a sales business, yes. you're going to sell something, you know, yes. whether it's Avon or whether it's tomatoes on the side of the street, or you're going to sell your services. It's going Correct. to be a service-based business. Correct. And the fact that, A, if you personally are incapacitated and can't exactly. work your business is fucked exactly so, no it's if, true if you've got a partner yes and and you can't and that partner can't work and the most and the reason why we all get into businesses is to either supplement a, a, a income or to actually make a living or to make a living yes. a, you know a lot of people a lot of small businesses are subsistence businesses. They Absolutely. run the expenses. They send the kids to school. They pay the bond. Exactly. They, that's what they do. And if if anything happened, those are all the things that are at risk. Exactly. So what are the kinds of questions that one should be asking themselves when they're thinking about the kind of risk that their business Correct. is opposed, exposed to? to? Correct. Ish, uh, I'm going to be having one of those days. I'm going to be having one of those days where I can't be, where, where the words are not coming yes. out of my mouth. <laughs> but if you think about it, the key person, we use it for very specific reasons. There may be other companies that may have more than one key person within their organization. And their biggest concern is, should I lose that key person? How do I almost purchase another key person to take on that role? So that is really 
the various options. I mean, obviously, we were only two people in the business, which meant that, yes, being able to get that money in allowed me to carry on with the business as a key individual, as an MD, as a broker. I could still carry on quite effectively. And if I really wanted to, I could have got in a second partner because I had the money to almost purchase their qualification or experience. Mm -hmm. But that's a big thing. How many people in my business can I not do without should something happen to them? So I may have somebody that is a website specialist, and that is where my business is based around. I may be the salesperson, but if that person passed on, who what is are you going, going to be selling? To do exactly. My business falls apart. I need to go out and say to somebody, I am prepared to give you X amount salary to come and join me. Because remember, that is why I have that key person in the business in the first place. Partnership assurance. What? What about <laughs> partners? If you have more than one partner and you want to then maybe bring another partner in or sell shares with a partner that has passed on. There are so many variances, but it's all about how do I protect my business? A big thing as well is buy and sell agreements. A buy and sell agreement. What does that mean? Yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> What's buy and no, sell agreement? I'm going to expand it in such a simple way. <laughs> yeah. Put me you and I in business. Okay. And we really enjoy our business, but we have partners that are not interested in what we do. They actually think we are real women and we just do what we do. So what happens is should you pass on and we both have equal shares in our business, I want to make sure that I can actually buy out your share so that none of your family gets involved in my business. <laughs> Oh yeah, and that's a buy and sell. So I will then that say, "Is oh my goodness, yes. right?" So that is to, but that oh. is to protect your business from some person coming in that has no interest, or no experience, or no need for growth in your business. But because they've passed on as a family member, the shares are in that kind of situation. So I'm going to buy their shares. You're, so I've never thought about that. <laughs> are you and Missy going to go and chat? That if you if you are in a partnership, look, because I think when when you're out here starting yes. a business, you, you don't have think. so many different things mm. that you're thinking about, and the most important one being, I want to do this thing. Yes, and and really, you you're not thinking about what happens when this person's no longer here. But I think that for me even raises the the bigger thing that says. Who gets that person's shares? Correct. When they are no longer here. Correct. And it's normally a family member. Unless it's stipulated differently in your contract, then what happens? Ha-la-la. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're out there and you haven't thought about that one, that's why we have this show. <laughs> <laughs> so those are just three very simple things that you can do to protect your business, but also to ensure that your business doesn't fall apart. Mm. Because if that money is payable, it is payable for the right reasons. And again, with any type of insurance that you're going to take out, ensure that there's a contract in place between those key people, between the partners, whatever it may be. There has to be something legal so that you also cannot have people claiming 
portion of your business that actually have no right to it. Because that yeah. can happen as well. Yeah. So all of a sudden the 16-year-old says, no, you know what, I can learn how to do that. You're? No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, and 16 year well, it's my nowadays. dad's stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that is really what you're trying to do. You're trying to protect the integrity of your original business. Well, so what are the kinds of questions? Look, I, I see that there are conversations that need to be had between the partners. Yes. Um, and between the, the key individuals, as it were. But what are the kinds of questions that you should be asking a broker? Yes. When you are trying Looking to, at this. when you, yeah, when you're trying to protect your business. The first thing I would do is actually show the financial advisor your agreement, your partnership agreement, so that they can have a look at that. Look at the shares within that. Look at how many partners are in the business. And do you have people that are actively busy in the business? Or do you have people that are non-directional and that are just there as a support system or as a silent partners, partners, (laughs) the ones with a little bit of money that they keep on feeding in or, or, or getting shares out of. So those are really the things that need to be looked at. Also, your key people, are they partners or are they just key people? In other words, are they strategic in your business or are they partners in the business? Because you can also insure them as key people because there is insurable interest. Remember, that's a big thing. Wherever you buy or whenever you take out insurance, there has to be insurable interest. You and I could not necessarily take out life cover on each other's lives because there's no insurable interest. We are not married. We are not partners in a business. We are not family, although I see you as a sister, but... I'm just rolling my eyes out here. I'm just like, what? No one gave me the memo that we're not family, Michelle. But those are the types of things. Is there insurable interest? They used to have something that was really, I think, so cool. And and I'm sure that you can still do it. It's something called preferred and deferred compensations. Now, let's think about... People. No, 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 no. This you is simple. No, 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 no. No, the... no, no, no. This is simple, simple stuff. Think about it. You get somebody in that is really good at what they do and they've just finished university and you bring them into your business and you literally train them up. Am I right? Yeah. They they get work experience from you. They get a salary as they increase, as knowledge increases with them, their salaries get bigger. But what happens within two years? They get poached by other people. Now, There was a system, and I think, you know, you can still structure something very similar, where you used to be able to kind of almost try and keep the people on board for at least five years. And that would be almost like a savings product, where you would say to them, you know what, we'll put a thousand rand away for you for five years, should you stay with us. And at the end of the term of the policy, the money is yours as a bonus, as a thank you for being loyal to us. Because unfortunately today, people do not stay in positions for long enough to retain some kind of reward. So yes, so, so that many is a things. clever idea. Isn't that lovely? That is a very clever idea. But now, you know, I think when when your business is small, yes, when you are starting out, besides the fact that there are a thousand and one tiny things that you suddenly have to become an expert in. Mm. 
there's also just not enough money. Correct. Just not enough money to go Correct. around. And and one of the things that a lot of small business owners, because the big decisions that you're faced with every day is about resource allocation. Correct. You know, where am I going to put my money? Well, yeah. I'm going to put my money in building these products. I'm going to put my money in my people, in sales, in insurance. No, <laughs> and sure. like, like even your own household insurance, insurance becomes the last thing Correct. on your shopping list. But however, your people are your business. So if you think about it from that point of view and you look at investing in your people and the future of your business, then insurance doesn't really fall in the last. Then it starts moving up on that ladder because I need to protect my business and I need to protect the people within my business. So that's that's all well and good if they are partners, if they are additional people. What if I'm a one man band? I'm this girl and I'm out here. I'm giving services. I'm I'm do, you know I'm creating websites for my clients, logos or whatever. You know what what are the kinds of things that I can then? Um, how can I protect all my money that I'm putting into building this business in that instance? But it depends on who you're going to leave that business to should you pass away. Are you going to leave it to somebody? Is it going to be a legacy? Or is it just going to be, sorry, pull me passed away and the business is closed, you know? It's it's finished, you know? That's it. So that's what I'm, you know, you've got to ask those types of questions because Mm -hmm. if you're going to leave it as a legacy and you're going to have somebody in mind that will carry on with your business, the norm would be that you would have life cover. Anyway, as a norm, as an individual. So that person would become the beneficiary and they will then carry on with your legacy. I guess what what also this brings to mind for me is how separated can the two really be? So if you're in a small business, you know, we're not talking about this is this isn't like pick and pay. Although at some point pick and pay was like this. You know what I'm saying? Look, I I read an article yesterday actually in um, on MoneyWeb, I think, with Christo Vise. Yeah. And he was saying that all businesses start as a small business at some point. So I get that. But I'm just saying at that starting period, you know, the you are not like massive where it's very clear the separation of the two entities, which is the thing about a small business that's a partnership. Correct. Is, you know, how do you separate those two things? And and at which point should you separate them? You know, do you have sure. one financial advisor that advises you on everything? Or do yeah. you... No, you should. If, if you have the right financial advisor, they should be able to advise you not only on a personal level, but on a business level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you're going to have to look at your turnover because that's where you're going to get the indication of how much cover you're going to need on that business should somebody pass away and how long it would take to replace that person and how much is it going to cost you. So those are all the factors. There are cost analysis that they will do for you as a business to ensure that you are covered for the right amounts. And it does not have to be millions and millions of rands. If you need a million rand to cover those costs and the person is still young, it's going to cost you very little. It's really going to cost you very, very So this is, is one of those things too. It's one of those things that the earlier you start, Correct. the better it, it works out for you. No, absolutely. So the earlier you start with something like that, the less expensive it is. So Michelle, I've got a small business. I've got a partner. We have got 
five individuals that are part of the creation of, of the value of what it is that we sell. And I go to my financial advisor. Where do I start? Where do you start? Well, he should be asking you the questions by saying to you, right, let's look at the contract. Who are the key people in this organization? What will you do should one of these key people die? If if one of the partners passes on, is the legacy left to somebody else? If so, would you rather buy that person out so that you can carry on with the business? Those are the types of questions. They will do a full analysis, and it really isn't something that happens in an hour. They will gather all information, and they'll actually do a business analyzation of how much and where it would be needed, dependent on your contract. So you better have that contract in place. Sounds like another show. Sure, contracts, (laughs) sure, especially in businesses. Sounds like another show. Don't take anything for granted. Because you do, because Mm. you start a business. One of the stories that you sent me, um, and I'd never heard of the muse, right? Yeah. And and when I was reading about it, Catherine, I, I don't even know how to begin to say this last name. But anyway, as I was reading up this story, and it's such a common story. People start businesses. There's four of us. There's five of us. There's 10 of us. And then people have a fallout. Yep. And you have a big fight. Yeah. And, and without having set it up beforehand, you're so, I mean, she like sunk her business into her, all her life savings Correct. into this thing. And she lost everything. And she has a fight with her partners. Yeah. And they lose everything. For me, that's brought me to an extremely important point. Husbands and wives that run a business together. You may have the husband that's electrician and the wife is the administrator. There's no partnership agreement between them. However, they both put in 50-50 into that business. Why? Actually, the women put in more. You know that, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just wanted to be fair. But, but yes, no, but they do, Duncan. Yes, they do. Is Duncan raising his eyebrows? Right. Duncan's like shaking Seriously. his head righteously at me. No, it, it's such a valid point. So even if you have small businesses as as husband a and family, wife, as a wife, family, yes, have something in place because God forbid. Somebody pisses somebody off and the wife says, you know what? Stuff you, I'm leaving. He's going to say, sure, go, because everything's in my name. What does the wife do? She's put in all her life savings, all her time, all this effort to build this business. And she walks away with zip. Ooh, girls, I hope you're listening. I have seen this over and over and over. And I've lost clients because I have insisted that they put a partnership agreement in place. But you know what? I'd rather walk away from that. Too much hassle afterwards. (laughs) Too many tears. (laughs) (laughs) It's making my mind spin. I mean, those kinds of things you never think about. And, you know, when you see the statistics that say women after separation, after divorce, 80% 80% of the time I left worse off. Absolutely. I can see how the same could happen in a business. Absolutely. And and look at it. And again, you know, try and separate business and home because that is so important. Because when you're at, at work and you're both putting in the effort to build your business, should you not have equal shares in that business? Just a question. Well, 
<laughs> yeah, doing it, you know, doing it for the love, <laughs> doing it for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> you're out no. here making it happen. Mm. You know? When money goes out the front door, lo- no, when money goes out the back door, love goes out the front door. Your. <laughs> so the agreements and the look, I, I think that that there's um there's a lot of small things that have to be right. Yes, because from the start that have to be right from the start. Yes. You know, we we often in our business we often talk about building the foundation right. Correct. For a big business, yes. it may be small today, but if you're going to make it into a big business, which is Correct. what everybody hopes for and which is what everybody works towards. You've got to make sure that the foundation Dash can handle. Correct. Can handle. There's going to be no sort of cracks or sinking of the foundation. Yeah. And again, I think don't complicate what business insurance is, but understand the value of business insurance. Because if you can understand the value of protecting your business from get go, you have got that solid foundation. No, I've always, always, always thought Business insurance is for people who have manufacturing or people who have stock or people who have tangible stuff. No, but if you think about it, if something happened to your moose in your business, what are you going to do? How will your business survive without one of you as key people in that business? Even just being sick and in bed for a month, yeah. you know, that's, no, is absolutely. that something, you know, that is something you can insure for when you are an individual. You can Sh- always get some kind of. You can get something called a sickness benefit, which yeah, companies those kinds give of things. or an income protector. Do, do, can you get stuff like that for yes, a business person? Well, put it this way. You put, you taking it out on you as an individual. So it's still going to benefit the business in the long run, because if you've got a sickness benefit and you are off ill, that benefit will be payable to you. So again, it's not as if the business is suffering because you're not there at that point because it's, it's, it's a temporary thing. I think that's what we're looking at. We're looking at temporary and permanent. But when that person is permanently gone, that's where it becomes really hard to actually keep on with that business. We're always talking about threats to business and we're always talking about uh, risks. And, and I think when it comes to talking about money, these are, these are the, Big hairy questions, mm. you know. These are the big hairy questions, and that are hard yeah. to deal with. But hard the, to deal yeah. with when you're, because I also think as an entrepreneur, in and in particular as women, we're so, so imaginative, so hopeful, so, um, resourceful. Absolutely. We kind of, you know, you're making things happen. You're yeah. moving with the movers, you know. And I, these Emma, are the things that you think leave behind from the emotional point of view of a female. We can sometimes overlook. And only believe in the good and not see that there could be a bad. And I think that's where the shortfall may be. That, that especially with women is that we are also very trusting. We're very trusting in our partnerships with our business people, with our actual partners. And sometimes we need to just take a step back and be realistic and say, what if? It's not will it, it's what if. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> we're talking about it's you know, it's a, it's it's that it's money Wednesday, it's the money Wednesday girls. <laughs> this is this and, is what you I'm sorry, I scare everybody to death every Wednesday, but it's the reality of life, you know. <laughs> I, I think more than anything, the 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 stuff that makes me really think is the stuff that you, you just take 
for granted. Mm-hmm. We're talking about money. We're talking about business risk. We're talking about how you can protect your business yes. and the risks that lie in that, no matter how small that business yeah. is, uh, no yeah. matter how solid your friendship or partnership or relationship yes. is, you've got to protect yourself. You've got to protect the money that you're making, the money that you could make, the potential money that you could make in your business. And we're yes. talking about business risk. Uh, I'm Pumi Masheko and Michelle Dave, and we are totally keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Just because we can. And you know what? Let's take a break. Michelle, I need to process a lot of what we're talking about (laughs) right now. But this is one of my favorite songs about working. It's Masters at Work. So it's a bit of a dance tune. I hope you get up and dance a little bit and shake your body around and get your mind moving. Because we're talking about the hard ones today. I think... One of my favorite get up and dance songs. It was also one of those songs that you'd be like, clean into, furiously clean into at home. Because it keeps your body moving. But look, it's about work and working hard. And I think all the girls are out there working very hard for the money. You know, we're, we're out here trying to make ends meet. And we've got so many things um, going on right now. And I, I just, in fact, this was shared by... Uh, the leadership platform a couple of days ago on the Cliff Central website because we got our show for everything and everybody <laughs> out here on Cliff Central. I'm Pumi Masheko and you're listening to Womanda and I've got Michelle Dave here with me today. It, we're talking money. We're talking money and protecting your money. I think women are natural entrepreneurs yes. and most women, when you think about how am I going to supplement my income, especially in today's day and mm. age where everybody's kind of like not knowing how to make ends meet Everybody kind of thinks about business ideas. Mm. What can I do to supplement my income? And some people actually take the plunge. So very interesting statistic about the number of people who start some of the biggest businesses we know, like Procter & Gamble now, like uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. And most of those people are actually in their 30s. Correct. When they take the plunge, when they take the plunge. And in your 30s, you kind of, you know, you've got bills to pay. You've got, sometimes you've got kids. Sure. And you've got responsibilities. So it's important that you look after some of the risk Mm. that you're taking. And a lot of people, the reason they do it as well is because they've worked a little bit, 10 or 15 years and have made some money, have made some Mm. savings. And that's the savings that they use to start their businesses. So just talking about the risk involved. Michelle, just a quick recap of some of the things that one should be thinking about when you run your own business, when you are in a partnership, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with a partner, whether it's with a colleague, an ex-colleague, when you are in a partnership, how you can protect your life savings that you put into this dream. Yes. Number one, contract. Have the right contract between yourselves so that it is stipulated within the contract what will happen to the business or to your share of the business should something happen. That is number one. Always have a contract in place. In that contract, also look at things like shares, dividend shares. What happens if my business has actually made a profit at the end of the year? Are we going to utilize that money to actually put back into the business or are we going to take a share of that as a bonus? So those are the kinds of things that are going to be in your contract. And it is vital to make sure that that contract is legally binding. You've got to sign it. Yes. Both of you have to sign it. You can't just write the contract. (laughs) You can't just write it and and come to all the agreements and then 
No, absolutely. And if you can, when the urgent takes over, the important. You do not have to go to an attorney because really, really, that can become quite expensive. So you can also do it where you can go and sign it in front of a commissioner of oaths, and that makes it legally binding. I know some people are prepared to go to an attorney and have it drawn up by an attorney. You can do that as well. I'm not quite sure the fees will be, but they could be quite expensive for for people that are starting up. The second thing is please ensure that the contract is kept in a safe place. (laughs) You can't have it burned down. You can't have it get lost. You can't have coffee spilling all over it. (laughs) Somewhere, no. or or it's in a pile of papers on no. your desk, and now you can't find exactly. it when you need it. So keep it in a safe place, and also keep a backup copy, maybe at the bank where your business account is. So that's also a place where you could be keeping it. Um, so where your business account Michelle, is, Michelle, you're full of these epiphanies today. <laughs> it's a great idea. Great yes. idea. So that's the first thing. Second thing is there a key person, and that if that person should pass away. What's going to happen to your business? Can the business carry on or can't it? Mm. Understand that? A key person and then a key skill. Somebody yes, who somebody brings that a particular has, skill that yes. without that person. Let's say, for instance, now you have a brokerage, but you have one person that does your compliance because they're a key. They're called a key individual in the financial services world. Mm-hmm. That person, if they pass away, you've got to replace. They have signed off on the business that the people have been writing. That is a key skill. It's a key person. Somebody that's only doing the web design for your company, that knows each and every client's web, is changing it as the client's requesting it. What happens if that person passes on? Those are key people in your business. Partnership assurance, more than one person in the business. What happens to that partner's share should they pass away? Do you need to purchase the shares from the family? Those are the types of things that you need to keep in place. And again, as I said, you know, it's something that, that's not really used anymore. But things like, how do I keep people on board? Do I take a policy out for them? We pay for it. After five years, there's a nice little bonus for you. Those are the kinds of things we're looking at. Yeah. And those are big ones. Yeah. Those are big ones. And please, even if you are married to the person and you have a business together, have a partnership agreement put in place. I like what you said that it's it's about a what if, not yes. a if when. Yeah, is that what you say? If when, yeah. when? Yeah. <laughs> I told you today's that day. <laughs> it's if, fine. What if? I'm but sure the it's, point is, it's, it's about yeah. what if something like this were to happen. It's not because it will happen. Happen, correct. And it's and it's important to override and and take the emotion the emotional, out of it. Take it out. Because we are girls and yes, we're emotional about a lot of things, and because we look at and I think that's the thing that gives us that intuition. Yeah. That gives us the edge when it comes to, to being phenomenal business people is also the one thing that could let us down in a big way Correct. because we kind of go, I, I know this person. I have I had love a this relationship person. with yeah. this person. I, we're, this is, we're going to make this work. And if it works, we're going to be awesome and mm-hmm. everybody can see the greater good. But if it doesn't work, where do the kids go? They go with you. They don't go with the husband. <laughs> they go with you. What are you going to survive on if you're not getting an income from the business that you've worked in? Mm-hmm. Reality. Take the emotion out just for that short while. This is business. And take the moment mm-hmm. and do the, do the, do, do the, the groundwork. And do the math in your own head. How yeah. much are you going to lose? 
And you've got to talk to a proper financial broker. Yep. And again, please remind us again, Michelle, how do you check if the financial broker you're talking to is the real legit thing? You can there are go, a lot of scams absolutely. going around. You can <laughs> right go now. to find an advisor and those people are all certified. You can also look on the FSB website. If you have the person's name, you should be able to put in their name and they will tell you if that person actually is licensed with an FSP number. FSP financial services provider. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's it. And again, if you guys are in any area, I know we've had a couple of people from Cape Town that have contacted me and I've given them the information via email. It's michelle.dave at vodamail.co.za and I will assist you. I will get the right people for you if you're not in our area. So Michelle, a couple of days ago, you were, and we've been talking a lot about networks on the show. Yes. <laughs> a couple of days ago, you, you actually uh, participated in yes. a very fascinating program that Absolutely you want to share with us. Absolutely amazing. I think what I learned a lot um, over the past few years is that the support systems are there, but we're not always aware of those support systems. So the support systems that you may have may not be on a financial point of view initially, but how do I get more business? Because sometimes you get to a point where you actually don't know. I've now gone through all the hundred people I know and, and the hundred the people referral. they all know. Yes. And, and there's just no more business. Especially look, I think, and, and before we close, there's like a bit of a reality check that I want us to go through about, but I think especially in this particular economic climate, Correct. I love that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that I've just used that phrase and it makes me sound so clever. <laughs> Is the economic climate we're operating in mm. is everybody stretched. Correct. Every business is stretched. Everybody's trying to make ends meet. And so it's much more difficult to make business happen. Correct. It's much more difficult to cold call and exactly and, and get you know business how out of it. It is to cold call. Yeah, I do it's know how cut it is to cold call, Michelle. I actually I hate do. cold calling. Do you know? Do Do you know, Michelle, that one of the things that I have done in my life is actually be an Avon girl? Do you know what I take? If I had a hat, it would be right off by now. On the proper door to door, that girl that's like ringing the doorbell. Hi, can I speak to the mother? Because I'm selling Avon. Although so, it's a damn nice product, I must tell you. <laughs> but my yeah. point is cold calling is a part of business. <laughs> oh, but it's still cuck. All right. So you've got places like you've got YPO, which is the Young Presidents Association. You've got BNI, which is Business Network International. Now, both of those are international networking opportunities that people can go and look at. And what happens is that you join something called a chapter. And with these, with these chapters you meet – with other business people and mostly self-employed people. Because so it people can be that, lonely yes. to be self-employed. And, oh my gosh, you're all on your own. To be an entrepreneur. Yes. You're, not even, you're, you're not in a nice office no, park where no. you drive to every day. Yes, a lot of the time you're working in your and, and So these are awesome. No water cooler <laughs> chats. <laughs> so this is why I'm saying it is sometimes nice to be able to speak to like-minded people, even though they may be in different businesses than you. So yeah. chat and, and try and find out about these places. Business Network International, you can go and look it up. Um, Young Presidents Association, organization. Um, those guys are, I met with a whole bunch of them last week and they are one of the most phenomenal chapters I've ever come across. Okay. We're also talking about really big money. So maybe start <laughs> off 
with BNI. What um, do you mean really big money? <laughs> okay, let me give you a little That's idea. Just no, no, no. There's a young gentleman that, and I'm talking, he must be early 30s. Honest to goodness. And he's made so much money in his business that he's decided that firstly he's moving to San Diego this year. But he's decided for the next 10 years, all he's going to do is try and research what makes people happy from a physiological and a psychological point of view. That's all he's going to do because he's made so much money. Okay. But now, those are the kinds of people we're talking about. But how did they get to where they are? Not as an isolated human. They got together as a group of people who wanted to assist each other. And that's why I'm saying, look for something like it. I'm very seriously thinking about starting one called Woman Inspired, which is going to be purely for women and just also a chat group. But I am not going to go for breakfast. We are going to sit around a dining room table with some wine. Because that's when all the ideas flow. Totally sounds like my yes. kind of organization. So that's why I'm saying don't try and be isolated or insular. Try and be with people who are like you. Because even though they may not be in the same industry as you, they are able to assist you. Because mm. we all want the same thing. We want to grow our businesses. And, you know, just kind of talking about growing our businesses and what that means. I'm, I'm so fascinated by all of these words that everybody uses at Mm. the moment, you know, like tough economic climate. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I think the the words that that you're hearing a lot more of, which in a small business, you usually don't think it affects you. But Mm. when you then hear things like currency performance and the value of the rand Rand got down, if you hear things like credit ratings and junk statuses. And and I I was so fascinated to kind of find out what the hell does that all mean? Where does it come from? Just so that I can also, you know, when people are like bandying these words apart, (laughs) I can also be part of the conversation. Conversation. (laughs) And it's not just the hashtag on my Twitter. But this is a real thing. Yeah. And it's not just the hashtag on my Twitter. But so fascinating as I was then looking through all of this. The fact that even though the rant has weakened and we're not going to walk away from that one. Very interested to see that it's actually only weakened by 8.5%. Correct. Which is less than 10% in, in the, the value that it's Correct. actually lost. And then when I was looking at it and just w- looking at Who's performing worse than us? That matters to me. <laughs> it matters to me because it's it's great to know who's the best. Yes. But it's also important to know that we're not the last. Who or you're, the worst. Who you who's in your yes. company? Who else is with you in the yeah. company? Oh. And I was just looking at the kind of like the Brazilian real. Oh my gosh. Which has lost twenty two percent of its value. Um Colombian peso. I don't know who goes to Colombia, but anyway, sixteen <laughs> percent. A lot of drug dealers. But interestingly, yeah. even the Turkish lira. Yes. You know, so these are economies that are very similar to our own. Sure. When I looked at that and looked at the fact that those economies are struggling just as much as us, it was a comfort to know that it's yes. not just all of the crap Correct. happening here that's making only us look it, so bad. It's Evidently, feel so bad. Evidently, it's yes. all over the world. You know, China sneezes, everybody's sick. Exactly. But Pumi, I think at the end of the day, we need to look at the positivity. And we need to say, yes, I want to start a company. What do I need to do to make it positive? 
and make it work and forget about all the crap that's going around uh, around me. Yes, you know what? We might have the stock market might crash by the by June or July. It might go completely, but you know what? It's going to come back up again. We're all going to survive again. We need to work at what happens now in a positive way, not the negative. Stuff the negative. And I get, looked at get rid of that negative. And and I actually also looked at so when your rand is low, what do you buy do? Like, overseas currency? Alternatively, what can I do that because if if yes. if my one if my one rand is actually equal to twenty British cents, yes, what can I do? Then obviously the Brits want to spend their money here. You know exactly, saying? get them here. Like, how do I get them tourism? Where do you get to to then? And I looked at edu- no. sectors, sectors yes. that then say. What, what, tourism, tourism yeah, was number two in terms of where the big ideas yes. should be for South Africa. Um, infrastructure, yes, was also because, again, you know, roads, houses, all of those things, people you continue need to need. Absolutely, you know? education. And when I looked at the education thing, I thought, what? How does that become a good idea? And then I thought about it a little bit further, and I thought, can you imagine a school like? Eton College, yeah, in in the UK, which is really equivalent to our Hilton, correct. Yeah. But the cost of it, so giving services in the education department, this is our turn to come correct. up with to come up with brilliant ideas that can be exported all over the world that cost the rest of the world nothing. That even if you charged, you know, even if yeah. you charge fifty British yeah, cents, absolutely. which is equal to like whatever amount of rand. You still make money and they still feel like they've got value. This is where entrepreneurs grow. Look at the pothole brigade. These are guys that literally What said is you, the pothole I brigade? Swear, these guys literally said, you know what? The potholes are not being repaired properly. So what we will do is we will go and repair it properly and then we will bill the actual government. But we will go and do it immediately so that those people in those areas don't have to wait for a month or two before those potholes are fixed. I mean, have you seen some of these potholes? God, you could lose your car in it. I know. <laughs> so they call themselves a pothole brigade. Oh, wow. Isn't that clever? And, and, and that's the... And Again, I keep saying it. I keep saying it. The thing about women is we solve problems. Yes. You know, we solve everybody's <laughs> problems, whether it's getting ready for like book character day with the sheet. <laughs> what? Okay, no carrot. <laughs> You know, getting ready for book character day with the sheet. <laughs> Women come up with awesome ideas Absolutely. all the time. And this is the time to look for the awesome ideas inside of you and make them, make them happen. And also use people around you who care, who are positive and who want to help. Because there are people around you all the time that are like that. And you've got the networks. Yes. You can always create the networks. And you can create your own. Michelle, before we say goodbye. We, we've talked a lot about the risk around businesses and look at around individuals within the business and the importance of speaking to the right financial advice. Correct. So people listening today who are hearing us for the very first time who don't know who the hell Michelle is and why <laughs> she's got such awesome advice, how do they get hold of you? Michelle.dave at vodamail.co.za. And she's got Twitter, guys. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> 
contribute. <laughs> Mitch.dave. At Mitch.dave. She's, she's also got Twitter. You can tweet us. I'm Pube We're talking about money and women. We're talking about, I mean, and I think money is every woman's favorite topic. Absolutely. We know we how to spend shoes. it. We know how to spend it, but we also know how to make it. Yes. And today we've been talking about how you can protect it, protect the money that you have put into your business, protect the time that you're putting into your business and people. If you, and the people and the yeah. people in your business, yep. we, you can hear more shows about all the money talk that we have only if you. The Cliff Central app available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. If you download the app, you can catch all the podcasts that we've ever had. Mm -hmm. You can listen to every topic we've ever spoken about from uh, looking at wills to keeping keeping your budget in check in these tough times. Absolutely. I'm Pumi Mashejo and, and Michelle, Michelle Dave. <laughs> and we've been chatting about money. And thank you for tuning in. We will see you again next week. And just to say goodbye, one of my favorite songs about how awesome women are, Aretha Franklin and Lauren Hill, A Rose is Still a Rose. See you next week. Bye. Listen, dear. I realize that you've been hurt deeply because I've been there. But regardless to who, what, why, when, and where, we're all precious in his sight. And a rose is still and always will be a rose. This is CliffCentral.com.